0: Kavanaugh. ringing liberty and truth. This is Freedom 1570, KDIZ, Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Powered by JTR Roofing.
2: Breaking news this hour from TownHall.com. I'm John Scott. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will send the article of impeachment against former President Trump to the Senate on Monday. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer made the announcement today when he opened the Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell wants to postpone the impeachment trial until February to give the former president time to prepare and review his case. President Biden is defending his goal of 100 million vaccine shots in 100 days. White House correspondent Greg Clungston reports.
0: The president describes the vaccine rollout as a dismal failure so far. However, vaccinations nationwide are approaching 1 million per day, which is the Biden administration's goal for its first 100 days. At the White House, Mr. Biden scoffed at a reporter's question about whether the bar should be higher. Meanwhile, infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci disputed reports that the Trump administration did not have a vaccine distribution plan. He said, we're certainly not starting from scratch. Greg Clugston, Washington.
2: Also at townhall.com, U.S. Capitol Police investigating whether GOP Representative Andy Harris of Maryland attempted to bring a gun onto the House floor Wednesday. Correspondent Bernie Bennett with details. Following the siege at the
3: Capitol earlier this month, magnetometers and other security measures have been installed outside of the chamber. A reporter for the Huffington Post witnessed Harris setting off the metal detectors as he attempted to enter the chamber on Thursday. When an officer with a metal detector wand scanned him, a firearm was detected on Harris's side, concealed by his suit coat. Lawmakers are allowed to carry guns in their office and on the Capitol grounds, but they are forbidden from bringing firearms onto the House floor. Bernie Bennett in Washington.
2: Wall Street is tapping the brakes on its record-setting rally this week. Stocks now in the red. The Dow is down 81 points. The NASDAQ is five points lower. More at townhall.com.
4: I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching, his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements and today 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog and he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog.
1: You won't believe how happy your dog will be.
4: I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
0: From the KingdomBuilders.com studios here on Freedom 1570, I'm Lee Michaels. Sunshine today with a high around 13. Just ahead, Mr. Black and Like It Matters Radio, and uh, later this year, Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on an incredible trip to Israel. Our Stand with Israel tour, our full trip itinerary details and information on our worry-free booking are available at freedom1570.com. We're ringing liberty and truth. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public
5: Policy. The Growing Threat of China... They may be abetting genocide, and that is fundamentally unacceptable.
0: Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday afternoon at 3 and Sunday afternoon at 2, here on Freedom 1570, ringing liberty and truth. Hey, Minnesotans, Are you
6: going stir-crazy being all cooped up and locked down? Are you looking for a safe, fun way to get out of the house and really enjoy life? Do you want to fully embrace the Minnesota winter? Hi, Jeff Byrne here from Cabin Fever Sporting Goods. We're the Twin Cities home of fun and adventures. Did you know that for less than the cost of a long weekend getaway, we can set you up with everything you'll need to ice fish all winter long? It's true. Ice fishing poles, equipment, lures, live bait, augers, plus shelters, electronics, and the latest in warmth and technology. We've got you covered. We'll even take the time to show you how to use everything and give you those tips and pointers on fishing Minnesota lakes. If you're already an avid ice fisherman, well, then heck, we probably already know you. So stop back in and visit and chat to see what's new for this winter. For more information and directions, please go to CabinFeverMN.com. That's CabinFeverMN.com. Once again, CabinFeverMN.com. The coffee's always on, and we love the outdoors.
2: <laughs> the following program was
0: pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
5: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. This is Scott Black, and I am live, and I am honored that you choose to join me uh, for this hour of power. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about our focus. Our focus. You know, I always talk about the importance of our directional focus. In our journey through life, if uh, if you had to be analogous uh, to something, I would call it a long road trip. And in our vehicle of life, we have windows, we have mirrors, you know, and and if you think about it, leadership, which is my forte, is really about choices. And so as a leader, we can either focus uh, in our rearview mirror or keep our focus in a forward direction through our windshield. Very few people would drive down the freeway of life with their focus entirely or most of the time looking behind them. Yet today, many people are doing just that, not only on their life journey, but on all aspects of their journey. And so today, I want to talk about the power and the importance of not only focus, but where we put that focus. Remember, we live in time. Uh, God lives above time. He's not uh, controlled by his elements that he creates, but we live in time. And so we on our timeline... We have three spots. We have our, our, our past, we have a present called the now, and then we have a future. And in my clinical work that I've done with people, neuro-linguistic programming, one thing I've learned a long time ago is most people's timeline is skewed. It's skewed. And why does that matter? Because where our focus is depends on what we're thinking about. And what we're thinking about dictates what our body feels like, because remember, the body releases roughly about 63 known chemicals, and those chemicals make us feel sad, make us feel depressed, make us feel excited, make us feel turned on or turned off, and so our focus really does dictate a lot. And I mean, in America today, we are struggling with the epidemic, pandemic, and I'm not talking about COVID-19. Whatever you think about COVID-19 or don't think about COVID-19, again, I think it's a real virus. Uh, I think it's being used uh, in a nefarious way. I think we're being conditioned like animals uh, to shut up, sit down, put on your mask, stay home, don't go to church. Uh, And I don't think it's for this. I think there's something bigger coming. But even before COVID, we had a, a massive problem with depression. We had a massive problem with uh, PTSD. We had a massive problem with addictions, drugs, and alcohol, pornography. Those are all escapes. They're all self-medication. And I shared with you an article earlier this week uh, about what's happening, about the COVID-19, the pandemic, is creating another pandemic, a mental health devastation. And, And the piece in that article, which was so important, was they talked about prolonged grief. Prolonged grief, because we all have grief, but this is prolonged grief, which affects approximately, they said, 10% of bereaved people. I'm going to tell you right now, I bet you it's in the 25%, 35% right now. And it's characterized by at least six months of intense longing, preoccupation, or both. Now, they're talking about with a deceased person, emotional pain, loneliness, difficulty reengaging in life. You see what I'm saying? What would normally be caused by a loss of a spouse is now caused by loss of freedoms. It's caused by loss of jobs and income. Caused by loss of hope. And that's what I really want to talk about today. When we talk about forward looking, we're talking about hope. Because depression, by definition, is this, helpless and hopeless. That's what depression is. That's the definition of depression. Helpless and hopeless. What depression says, what helplessness and hopelessness says is that my life sucks today and tomorrow is going to be no better. But what hope says is that no matter what's going on in my life, whether it's good or bad or or getting better or getting worse, that tomorrow there's a possibility that it might be better. And as a leader, we got to be hope peddlers. It's really important. Because hope keeps people alive. Hope keeps people moving. I use the example, you know, there are three perceptual positions. There are three ways to see any situation. Uh, First position is we see it through ourself, our ego, ourself. That's our default mechanism. Second position is the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins to actually get out of our own experience, to get off our own self-righteous, self-absorbed focus, and actually step into another person's shoes and see it from their perspective. And third position is overview. That's like you're watching it on a video and watching the interaction. And each position, it brings you more information. And the more information you have, the better the decisions you can make. And that's where I like to say, I love this saying, If I could understand you a little bit better, and you could understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship? And what's lacking in America today is understanding. I mean, i got to be honest with you, the, the national hypocrisy that is going on right now, we have the most nationalistic president. People attacked him because he put America first. He doesn't take an it income. It's cost him probably billions of dollars in his name ID, his business, and all that. He is one of the most selfless presidents I think we've ever had. He gains nothing and gives everything. And they're going to attempt to impeach him with seven days left. They're going to rush as quick as they can because he's going to be out of office in seven days. But they're going to have to smite him. They're going to have to flog him publicly, hang him out naked uh, so that everybody can see. Flo- I mean, really? Why? because now he's a traitor. Now he's treasonous. Wow, the guy who was too pro-American, who basically put America first, shielded himself in the flag, talked about America to where the media hated him, but now they're attacking as a traitor, and a lot of you are buying into that crap, that bogus. You know, you gotta understand what's going on, and without understanding, we become ignorant. Without understanding, we become, as Mark Levin says, we're just drones. Can you understand how someone in the inner city, someone of color who has no hope of getting out of Chicago or New York City unless they're in a cop car or an ambulance, can you understand how that person would kill someone for five bucks? I can. Now, am I saying it's okay? Absolutely not. Am I saying that they shouldn't be prosecuted? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is if I get out of my own experience... And step into a young person of color who has no father, who has, uh, has been around, probably abused by mom's boyfriends that she's had coming and going throughout the, uh, the time, who basically has been told that they have no value, that the white man's out to get you, that the government wants to kill you, that police are hunting you. Do you understand how they, if that person has no hope, why they would do what they do? See, that's the difference. Michael Jordan, remember the old, I want to be like Mike? What Michael Jordan did is he gave people hope. He gave them hope that no matter what your situation is right now, that you can get out of it, that you can become successful, that you can become respectable, that you can become somebody. And that's why being, I want to be like Mike was such a powerful thing because it gave people in the inner cities, people of color, some hope. And today, in America today, I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you voted for Biden or Trump, it looks hopeless. It looks helpless. Biden promised you all that the the worst is yet to come. Biden promised you all that it's going to be a long, dark winter. Biden promised you all with his running mate, COVID-19, and his assistant, Fauci, that it's going to be tough times ahead of you. So you're going to need to suck up to the government. Now, they want you to suck up to the government because then, when you live in daddy's house, you follow daddy's rules. So, today on Like It Matters Radio, we want to get you forward looking. We want to put in some hope. We'll be back in three minutes. It's
0: okay.
7: Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space, and in that space is your power, your freedom, Dr. Viktor Frankl. In this unprecedented time of pandemics and confusion, our daily choices matter more, and they are more consequential. Times of challenge and opportunities require another set of eyes, a deeper understanding, a bigger picture, so we can live a life of purpose and passion like it matters. Mr. Black is excited to announce the release of his newest book, Way of the Warrior, a Daily Devotional, bringing hope and encouragement to be all that you were created to be. Each day, Mr. Black shares with you guidance from above that is educational, inspirational, and applicational. Access Mr. Black each day as he continues to help you raise your bar and become all you were created to be. Way of the Warrior Daily Devotional is now available in ebook and hardcover at likeitmatters.net. Regain and retain your power and your freedom. Order Way of the Warrior, daily devotional, and let God be your guide and Mr. Black your life caddy. Order today at likeitmatters.net.
0: Limitless access to liberty and truth. Listen to Freedom 1570 with our free app, your smart speaker, at freedom1570.com or with iHeart, TuneIn, and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and defend liberty nationwide. Get that right guitar. Time for Listen every day, I
7: never miss
0: it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like Freedom 1570 on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more.
5: This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today I'm pontificating on your desire to be forward-looking. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we have a timeline. We have a past, we have a present, and we have a future. And there are many people that are just getting through life. We call it good enough. G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough to get by, Good enough that he or she doesn't walk out the door and leave a note on the wall and take the kids with him. Good enough that we don't get fired. Good enough for tenure. Good enough for government work. We've all heard those before. And the sad part is the last one, good enough for government work because we're living in America now that the government wants you to be totally dependent on them. Why? So they can control you, so they can manipulate you, so they can get you doing whatever they want. It's it's a scary time right now. And so what we got to do is create our own hope. Since there's not a lot of hope in the Biden administration, there's not a lot of hope because America's moving away from God. There's not a lot of hope because we're basically, it looks like a civil war, that if you believe in the Bible, if you believe in traditional American values, if you believe in putting America first, you're a traitor. You're evil. You're a hateful person. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. Uh, You're a misogynist. Like, wow, I just thought I was American. That's all. But I guess i of all those things, I guess, huh? And so we've got to create some hope. And I want to share with you uh, someone that has very little hope. And I'm not talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm talking about someone I actually work with, right? Yeah, I know, John. Sorry, I did I did your job. Sorry, John. Not a joke. <laughs> but, you know, I do, I do a lot of ministry work, a lot of ministry work. And by the way, we need your money. We need your help. Uh, you know, we help people whether they have money or not. So, man, please go to likeitmatters.net, and we're a 501c3. We need money to pay for this radio show. We're working to get in syndication. Uh, we work with people all over the world. I got uh, in Uganda Starline Children's Ministry that we're working to buy property uh, and bring in water uh, so that they can these children can live a decent life. Uh, we got a family in uh, uh, Gambia that we support, that we help out, and uh, it's wonderful. I get to be like their father. Uh, I got a a gentleman probably in his early 20s, um, I think it's Mud Alani, uh, and uh, he's basically raising his two siblings because mom and dad were killed. Uh, And uh, it was just uh, incredible over Christmas time to see emails from them, and he called me his father. You're like a father and that we gave them a Christmas that they haven't had since their parents died. just really touches me, but I also do a lot of work in in prison work. People who have made mistakes, like we all have, uh, they got caught. And I'm not condoning what these people do. We, we all fall short of the glory of God. But one of those gentlemen, my kids go to a Christian school, small Christian school, and one of the gentlemen, over a two-year period of time, one of the teachers there, uh, was arrested for having an ongoing sexual relationship with one of their uh, his uh, 13-year-old students, star basketball player, uh, traveled with his family, uh, and they were doing things in the school at the school. I was just, it was terrible. Gross. About six months later, eight months later, a guy I was in a, a, a men's group with, a guy who spoke at chapel on Friday for that school, uh, was arrested. Uh, cause he has a stepdaughter and found out he had had an ongoing relationship, uh, you know, physical, I don't want to say too much with, I like family show here, but, uh, and he was arrested and while he was getting ready to go to, you know, his trial, Uh, and go to prison, Uh, I would visit him a couple days a week at the gym. And everybody at the school hated this guy, and I get it. But I would visit him, not because I thought he was okay, not because uh, I didn't think it was terrible what he did. I would never let him around my kids. I really have no desire to hang out with him. So why did I go visit him? Because God says that the true gospel is, did you feed people that were hungry? Did you visit people in prison? Did you help uh, the 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 person that had nobody else to help them. What you did for the least of my kingdom, you did for me. And God turns around and said, what you did not do for the least of my kingdom, you did not do for me. And so this is a little letter from Sean. He sent it, uh, it's dated 12, uh twenty five twenty. So Christmas, 2,000 days is a long time. Roughly 2,000 days ago, parenthetically put more actually, A man now known as Preach left his children and his life behind so that he could live among murderers, thieves, rapists, and other such unsavorable people more than 2,000 days ago. A little more than 2,000 days from now, Preach's youngest son will turn 18 and will legally become eligible to communicate with his father. What could he possibly care to say at that point? Dad, screw you. I've been writing 11 years to say that. I've been waiting 11 years to say that. I was seven years old when you went to jail. You have any idea what it's a bit like being a seven year old at school, thinking your dad went on some kind of trip, and the other kids telling you that you're really in jail? Yeah, that happened. Preach pauses and sobs while he considers his son's feelings during this event. But you don't care about that. All you cared about was hedonism. Well, I hope you're getting all you wanted in prison. As for me, I'm a man now. I grew up without you. I needed you, but you weren't there. So don't ever think of contacting me. That sounds about right. What else could someone be expected to say or feel after so long without his father? What would preachers' response be? Eric, I'm so sorry for what you went through. Words. Who cares about words? What Eric needs is love, not words. And love takes time. And the time is lost. Words don't suffice. What will Susie's letter be like when she's eighteen? Right now she spent almost half her life without her father. Her letter would be written seven years from now. Daddy, she'll probably call him Daddy. On my eighth on my eighteenth birthday. I received a box of hundreds of letters that you wrote to me while you were locked up. You wrote almost every week. I don't understand that, Daddy. If you love me so much, why did you hurt my stepsister and go to prison? Mom doesn't talk about you much anymore, but if anything, she said it's true. I shouldn't trust you. I'm not safe around you. I won't communicate with you. And if I do, it'll be on my terms. Letters only for now. I'm not ready to see or hear your voice yet. So let me tell you what the past dozen years have been like for a girl whose father is a sex offender. Preach lies on his back and cries and cries and cries as he spends another Christmas separated from his children. Will they ever be reunited? Can the past be repaired? Can he even make it another 2,000 days? And then another fourteen hundred days after that, until he discharges his sentence. Time may not seem like much to you, the reader, but Preach is becoming painfully aware of the significant, um, unrepairable efforts, effects of his lost time. This is handwritten. Sorry, two thousand days down. Merry Christmas. Sorry about that. I've walked with this guy. I know his children. My kids went to school with his children. And I apologize about the emotion. This is where I live. These are the shoes I walk in. And ladies and gentlemen, that's called helpless and hopeless. We've all made mistakes. I'm not defending him, I'm not condoning him. Please don't read any of that in there. But I just wanna get, now this guy's in prison physically. But let me tell you what, there's a lot of people out there in prison mentally, and so helpless and hopeless what you just read from Preach, from Sean, that causes depression. And what we got to do as leaders is take control. Remember, communication is a transaction. And there's two types of communication. The communication we have with another person, that's where most people go to training, and they learn how to talk, how to sell, how to conflict resolution, how to do therapy, marriage counseling, right? We're learning how to communicate with another person. That's called interpersonal, two people or more. But the second type of communication is called intrapersonal. And that is the communication that we have with ourselves. And I'm going to tell you right now, the communication we have with ourselves is far more important than the communication we have with others. Why? How can I say that, Black? Well, because one stems from the other. The way we communicate with ourselves It creates a frame, creates a a window that we look at, and it affects how we communicate with other people. And so hope really comes from our internal communication. I mean, right now, I could be attacked. I could be called all kinds of stuff. I defend Donald Trump on Facebook, and I'm called all kinds of names. I'm called a traitor. Uh, I'm called a hate, all that stuff. And a lot of times, I'll do a little smiley face blowing a kiss because that person doesn't know me. That person doesn't define me. My God knows who I am. The 20,000 people's lives I've impacted, they know who I am. The people that I give my limited amount of money to, when I get money, I'm a conduit. It goes right out to Africa. It goes to India. It uh, goes to uh, the local people I support here. It goes to Jimbo in Florida who has a, a ministry where he goes into at midnight, goes drives up to pimps and prostitutes and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he used to be in Minneapolis there. Now he's in Florida. So I'm telling you, hope Hope is what you do between the stimulus and the response. That's what transactional analysis is. There's a stimulus and there's a response, but the stimulus does not dictate the response. What happens, because our mind is six times faster when someone says something or does something, we see something from our past, we hear something from our past, and we feel something from our past, and then based on that, we respond. We're not responding to what someone is saying or doing. We're responding to our narrative about what they're saying or doing. So after the break, I'm going to give you some hope. I am Mr. Black. We'll be back in three minutes.
1: What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like it Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received.
5: You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's
1: a choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours, and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours
3: will change your life. Hi, this is Cole with the Kingdom Builders. Luke 12 says, Do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried, for the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. With all that is going on in our crazy world today, we can always take comfort in the truth of scripture. We will be reminded of an awaiting kingdom, a righteous king, and a perfect sinless body. Even though we can't count on the peace from the world, we can always count on the faithfulness of the word. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at cole at the kingdom
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and yes, application. Because you know what? All the knowledge in the world don't mean nothing unless you can apply it. You know, when we talk about education, I use Albert Einstein's definition, And that definition is not the learning of mere facts and figures. I'm not wanting to give you information so that you can win on Jeopardy. I'm giving you information that allows you to understand yourself, that allows you to understand how you create experience, that allows you to understand you have far more control than you realize. The battle's in the mind. And remember, our mind is six times faster than we can talk. And so we got to realize that there's a gap. And the only way you can understand that is to be in the now moment. The only way you know what to say out loud is because you hear it in your head a fraction of a second before it comes out. How else can you hold a word that's halfway out of your mouth and stop it unless you know what that word is? And so we've got to create some hope. That is the number one commodity of a leader is hope. We're to be hope peddlers. That's why I know Joe Biden didn't get 80 million votes. I know this was a fraudulent election. There is nothing hopeful about Joe Biden. A 50-year person in government, the guy's going senile. All the Democrats run on is hate and bitterness and resentment. I got to be honest with you. You should check your passport if you think you're a kingdom of God, if you think you're a member of the kingdom of God, and you vote for a Democratic Party that is anti-life, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-American, anti-traditional family, and yet the audacity to call a president who's the most pro-American president treasonous? Wow. Uh, that's like Judas preaching a sermon at the foot of the cross while Jesus being bled out. That's, uh, it's just stunning, just stunning. And so we need some hope. You know, if you can look at the sunset and smile, and find beauty in the colors of a small flower, then you still have hope. If you can find pleasure in the movement of a butterfly, and if the smile of a child can still warm your heart, then you still have hope. If you can see the good in other people, and if the rain breaking on a rooftop can still lull you to sleep, then you still have hope. If the sight of a rainbow still makes you stop and stare in wonder, and if the soft fur of a favored pet still feels pleasant under your fingertips, then you still have hope. If you meet new people with a trace of excitement and optimism, and if you give people the benefit of the doubt, then you still have hope. If you still offer your hand in friendship to others that have touched your life, And if receiving an unexpected card or letter still brings a pleasant surprise, then you still have hope. If the suffering of others still fills you with pain and frustration, and if you refuse to let a friendship die or accept that it must end, then you still have hope. If you look forward to a time or a place of quiet and reflection, and if you still watch love stories or want the endings to be happy, then you still have hope. If you can look to the past and smile, and when faced with the bad, when told everything is futile, you can still look up and end the conversation with the phrase, yes, but, then you still have hope. Hope is such a mar- marvelous thing. You know, it bends, it twists, it sometimes hides, but barely, barely does it ever break. It sustains us when nothing else can. It gives us reason to continue and courage to move ahead when we tell ourselves, you know what, I'd rather give in. Hope puts a smile on our face when the heart cannot manage. Hope puts our feet on the path when our eyes cannot see it. Hope makes us to act when our souls are confused of the direction. Hope is a wonderful thing. Sometimes to be cherished and nurtured and something that will refresh us in return. It can be found in each and every one of us, and it can bring light into the darkest of places. So never lose hope. And that was from the website of of at com out of Australia. And ladies and gentlemen, you've got to take care of your own hope need. We've got to quit having other people fill that need. That's not an outside job. Outside of God. I'll, I'll say this is parenthetically outside of God. Because that's why the gospel is called the good news. Don't you get what good news is? It's hope. It's hope. And C.S. Lewis talks about this in the book Mere Christianity. He says hope is one of those theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward, hear it again, a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not as some modern people today think a form of escapism, or wishful thinking. But one of the things a Christian is meant to do, it does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. As a matter of fact, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. Consider the apostles themselves. They set foot the conversion of the Roman Empire. The great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. They were looking forward, which creates a hope. It is since Christians have ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. And he goes on to say one of my favorite quotes by C.S. Lewis. He says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. And ladies and gentlemen, hope. And you can sit there and say, well, yeah, black, but you don't get it. I'm out of work, so am I. I got a job, I just don't get paid. I still got a job. So people say, well, go get a job, I got one. It's helping people that have no money. It's helping people that are lost. It's helping people that have a lot of trauma and drama, PTSD, help them clean up their stinking thing and help them figure out what they're doing that's causing them to live in such pain. But I always go to the book, Man's Search for Meaning. If you have never read the book by Dr. Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, I would highly recommend it. Because if you think hope is just about positive circumstances, you are so wrong. And right now, you've gotta create some hope, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's your business life, whether it's your spiritual life, whether it's your national, locally, political life, Whether it's relational life, that's the five sectors I I identified. Personal, business, spiritual, national, locally, political, whatever that is right there, that's one of them. And then relationally. And let's be honest, if you're a traditional American, if you're a a true child of God, not the fake Christians out there, but a true child of God, uh, nationally, there's no hope. Yeah, I get irritated when I hear Christians say, well, Jesus is on the throne, Oh, Jesus on the throne. Oh my gosh, of course he's on the throne. He's eternal. He's always been on the throne until he spent some time down here. Of course he's on the throne. Duh. Jesus was on the throne when Hitler slaughtered eight to 10 million Jews. Jesus was on the throne when uh, the diaspora happened, right? When Jews were surrounded in Jerusalem and they started eating each other, eating their children. Think about it. God has always been on the throne. But God gives us the choices. I told you I was counseling a guy and uh, he said, uh, you know, he said, one of the greatest gifts God's given. I said, what's one of the greatest gifts God's given you? He says, free will. And I go, free will? What? I go, I attempt to give God back my free will on a daily basis. It is my free will that's caused my life such a mess. I don't want free will. I want to be an automaton. God, make me do it. God, press the buttons. That's not the greatest gift. It's not at all. The greatest gift that God's given us is hope. Jesus in the ministry of reconciliation. You know the reconciling thing. Reconciling a fallen. Yeah, yeah. I do know the thing, Joe. You don't know the thing. Reconciled a fallen man to a holy God. And here's what Dr. Viktor Frankl said. In Auschwitz, he saw his pregnant wife killed by the Nazis. He saw father, mother killed by the Nazis. He saw unspeakable grief and suffering and man's inhumanity to man. And here's what he said in the book, Man's Search for Meaning. He says, we who lived in the concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of his freedoms, is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. And this is the father of logotherapy. And logotherapy is all about man's search for meaning. To find purpose in everything. That's what it's about. My favorite quote comes from Dr. Frankel. Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. And so you've got to get in the game. Because if you're looking in your rear view mirror, there are three R's to survival. That's what good enough is. And when you live your life good enough, someday you're going to die, and you're going to die good enough. The three R's of survival are regret, resentment, and resistance. All three require a rear focus. Look at the bitterness and hatred of the Democrats. They want to destroy this man. They want to humiliate him. Boy, no one could get arrested for the Russian hoax. No one was arrested for lying to FISA court. No one was arrested in all these BLM des- destructive marches. But boy, the FBI is making sure they can round up everybody they can that was at the Capitol. Hey, everybody. we got to get them. We're going to do it. But none of this other stuff has been going on for four years, lying, spying, dying. Nobody's going to jail for any of that stuff. But now we can get Trump and get some of his supporters. We can flog them. We can put them on a list where they're outlawed, where they're banned. I think we had a list like that before. It was called Schindler's List. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Black. We'll be back in three minutes.
1: Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Whoa, look at all these
0: options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Freedom 1570. Top shelf choices include Freedom1570.com, our free app at radio.com. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Join the Freedom Insider Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join. So visit Freedom1570.com today. Just click on Fan Club.
6: That's like it matters.net
0: No tears
5: in heaven, no sorrows given all will' be glory in that land am Mr. Black, and I give it a big amen. That means I'm in agreement with the words of that song. Unlike our democratic, I'd like to call them friends, but uh, what uh, what union does dark have with, with darkness have with light? But uh, there's no a woman; uh, it's amen. Uh, God is the great amen. He is the amen of the amen, Jesus Christ is. So amen, great words, great song. Today we're talking about forward-looking. Why do you want to look forward? Because in your past is regret. In your past is resentment. In your past is resistance. Remember, 40% of America has been part of the resistance movement. I want to destroy Donald Trump, Uh, not my president. Fake election. You know Remember, for four years, millions of dollars, hundred million dollars spent to destroy this man, uh, and now a fake election, fraud election. We're now all supposed to just get behind this guy called Joe Biden. Now we're not supposed to resist at all. We're supposed to be good Americans. That's just crazy. See, hope is not a place. Hope is not in Donald Trump or in in uh, Joe Biden. Hope is not in America. You gotta find hope internally. Hope is a bunch of BS, and by BS I mean belief system. You gotta have hope. It doesn't matter what your circumstances is. What matters is what do you make of those circumstances. It reminds me of a story. One of my favorite stories. A young woman went to her mother and told her about her life and how she was struggling, how things were really hard for her. She did not know how she was gonna make it. She she was helpless and hopeless give up she was tired of fighting and struggling it seemed as one problem was solved a new one would arise some of you know what I'm talking about her mother gently took her hand and walked her to the kitchen she filled three pots with water and placed each one on a high fire soon the pots came to boil in the first she placed carrots In the second pot, she placed eggs. In the third pot, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil without saying a word. After about 20 minutes of silence, she turned off the burners. She fished the carrots out and placed them in a bowl. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. Then she ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her daughter, she asked, tell me, what do you see here? She said, carrots, eggs, and coffee. Her mother brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did. She noted they were soft. The mother then asked the daughter to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard boiled egg. Finally, the mother asked the daughter to sip the coffee. The daughter smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. The daughter then asked with tears, Mom, what does this mean? What is this? How does this affect my life? Her mother explained that each one of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water. Anybody feel like you're in boiling water right now? Each reacted differently, however, to the same stimulus. The carrot went in strong, hard, unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened. It became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior. But after sitting through the boiling water, its insides became hardened. Many of us know that feeling. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were in the boiling water, they weren't changed. They changed the water. Which one are you? she asked her daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a ground-up coffee bean? we got to think of this, ladies and gentlemen. Which one are we? Are you the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do you wilt, become soft, lose your strength? Are you the egg that starts with a malleable heart, but changes when the heat gets too hot? Do you have a fluid spirit, but after a death, a breakup, a lost business, a lost election, lost hope, some other trial? Have you become hardened, stiff? Does your shell look the same, but on the inside, are you bitter and tough, with a stiff spirit, a hardened heart? Or are you like the coffee bean? The bean actually changed the hot water. The very circumstances that brings the pain when the water gets hot It releases the fragrance, the flavor. It grows into its own. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better and change the situation around you. When the hour is the darkest and the trials are the greatest, do you elevate yourself to another level? How do you handle adversity? Consider this. Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? And see, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot control what's happening to us. But we can control what's happening in us. Remember, in the book about epigenetics, uh, uh, not man search, meaning biology of belief, Dr. Lipton said, Bruce Lipton said, we are basically a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. And we might not be able to control our environment, but we can control what happens inside of us. We might not be able to control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. And this is really the essence of logotherapy. Throughout Dr. Viktor Frankl's work, he found that people struggled with feelings of meaningless, a situation which he referred to as existential vac- vacuum. It's an existential vacuum. And let's be honest, there's a lot of people in America struggling with this, our purpose, our pride. We used to have values of American pride in America. We can't even have pride in America unless you're wanting to destroy Donald Trump. Then you can have pride. See, logotherapy is based on the premise that humans are driven to find a sense of meaning, a purpose in life. That's why they ask, why daddy? Why mommy? Why John? Why Lee? We ask. I ask John and Lee all the time, why, why, why? Because I'm looking for meaning. I'm looking to connect logical dots. And according to Dr. Frankel, life's meaning can be discovered in three different ways. If you're not driving and you have a pen and paper, you should write these down. Number one, by creating a work or accomplishing some task. Number two, by experiencing something fully or loving somebody fully. Number three, by the attitude that one adopts toward unavoidable suffering. And boy, does that not resemble America today. See, Dr. Frankel believed that suffering is a part of life, and it is. The Bible says that very clearly. Do not be surprised by the tribulation, by the trials you were going through. That's why I followed Jesus Christ. God came down in the form of man and walked in our shoes. That we don't have a high priest that doesn't know our pain. We have a high priest that walked in our shoes, that knows what it's like to be tempted, that knows what it's like to be treated poorly. I mean, here's the son of God, God himself in human form that doesn't have a place to lay his head. Think about what we did to him on the cross. We humiliated him. We mocked him, we stripped him naked, we spit on his face, we put a bag over his head and then punched him around. Why the bag over the head? Because your body naturally defends itself. And when someone goes to punch you, you have automatic reflexes. But if you put a bag over someone's head where they can't see where the punches are coming from, it does far more damage, far more structurally. That's sad. See, we can find meaning in our lives. By identifying the unique roles that only you can fulfill. Logotherapy believes that many illnesses or mental health issues are actually due to existential angst. That's what's going on. Dr. Caroline Leaf says that. 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. 87% of all diseases are psychosomatic. And when you're depressed, a poor mental health creates a poor physical health. See, people won't know or won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Whether you're talking about Teddy Roosevelt or John Maxwell, they've said that same over and over and over. It's given credit to a lot of different people. But I want you to know it's an inside job. The battle's in the mind. You've got to look forward. You've got to find something. If you can't find it in America, find it in your business. And if your business is struggling and can't find it there, find it relationally. And if you can't find it there and you're not going to find it politically because America is going down the tube real quick. I'm going to suggest that there's one place they can always find hope, and that's at the foot of the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten name, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For this is how God showed his love for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
2: A man and a woman.
5: No tears in heaven, no tears in heaven, no tears in heaven will be known.